Hi everyone, again, and welcome to Tuesday Tips for parents of teens here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And today we've got our beautiful, beautiful guest, Veronica. And Veronica is the founder of Purposeful Formation Parents, an organization that helps parents raise morally upright young people responsible young people so they can become fulfilled young adults. That is so good because I like to think as we raise our young people, our end goal should be to see them become successful, responsible young adults. So really we are seeing the end in mind. My name is Angela Karanja. I'm the host of this, uh, of this um, session. And I am an adolescent psychologist and a parenting teenagers expert. And for those who are watching, you can see our beautiful, beautiful guest. And for those who are just listening, I want you to imagine a beautiful, beautiful guest. So welcome to this show, Veronica. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you once again. I'm so delighted to be on this platform. It is my joy to be here and to share with us a lot of um, parenting nuggets that can help us be effective parents mm -hmm. in this day. My name is Moreni Karim, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a formation teacher, and it is my delight to help parents form morally upright, responsible, and fulfilled young adults. And it is my delight to see teens, young and children embrace the right formation to becoming morally upright. And I believe that can achieve for them everything they want to achieve in life when the foundation is secured. I founded the organization Purpose um, Formation Fund, um, Organization for Parents to make sure that there's a community of parents that can help each other achieve that goal that we have in view. Oh. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming to share with your wisdom today. As you know, this community is a community of intentional parents, right? And when we talk about intentional parents, as it is, you because you're talking about us raising young adults who are fulfilled, successful, it appears that you are already seeing the end from where you are. So I, even asking you whether you, you, you want to talk to us about being intentional, it, it's just a question that we ask all of our audience, but in your view, what does being an intentional parent mean? Thank you. I would like to say, first and foremost, that it is unarguable that every parent wants to raise successful children. Every parent wants to raise children that will thrive successfully. That is our goal as parents. But the truth about it is that there are set rules, there are models, there are patterns that can help us achieve this. 
there are so much beliefs that has been for long. And that path that we've been doing for a long time and we've seen the results. The truth about it is that many things, like one of the things I'm discussing today is about that ancient way, that pattern of discipline called beating, flogging, spanking, yelling. It is unarguable that it has a lot of effect on our teens. And it has been for long. Mm -hmm. But being intentional will help us raise independent children mm -hmm. that will have a good level of confidence, emotional skills, emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about being intentional is you, you'll be raising children that would willingly be moral. No question, no oh. question, no struggle. I love that. I so love what you're saying. Awesome. I still yeah, have more your <laughs> Okay, I'm just loving what you're saying because 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 you 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 literally just coined being an intentional parent, and also you have talked about beliefs that we have held for a very long time, thinking that this is how it works, and you yeah. talk about. Co coercion you talked about force and and honestly those 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 kind of of of, of rules and coercive behavior they are more harmful to our kids than they are helpful so i want parents to listen to 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 Maronica as you as you talk about what we think has worked in the past that is harmful instead of helpful. So, and I like what you said about being intentional. It, it's about knowing and making a decision that I'm going to do this because I know this is the benefit. I'm going to do this because I know this is the benefit. I am not going to do this because I know this is harmful. Now, I want you to touch on those beliefs that you talked about, because I think especially, especially for, for some of us who who our our background, especially from the, from the African background, there are so many beliefs that are ingrained in us. And, it, and because that's the way we were brought up, we don't know anything else. So how how can we work to eliminate some of these? deeply held beliefs that are harming us and also harming our young people. Thank you very much. Tonight, it will be my delight to share a simple secret that can help us achieve obedience in our things without coercion, without struggle. It's yes. a practical I'm going to share it tonight, and I'm excited to do so. Now, let me give you an analysis. Before I go on, I would like to talk about two best friends, and there are two words, mm -hmm. love and obedience. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to tell you that there are two kinds of love. Mm -hmm. There's a natural kind of love that exists between parents and children. Yes, the natural bond, father, child, mother, child. Yeah. I'd like to tell you there's another kind of love. It's called the end love. You hand it. Parents, hand it. Now, let me give you an analysis. Six 
for instance, there's a parent with a child. Mm -hmm. There is a building or a house with a lion and a bag of gold. Mm -hmm. There's a parent, there's a child, there's a, there's a house inside that has a lion and a bag of gold. Now, mm -hmm. this is the job. The job for the parent is, we don't know how you're going to do it. Convince your child to go into that house and bring that bag of gold. Yeah. I hope you're following me. Yes. Now, as a parent, because you know, no, no parent will want to harm a child. Now you have ascertained that the lion has been sedated and will not wake up for the next 48 hours. Yeah. Now the job is convince your child to go into that house and bring the bag. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell the child that there is gold in the bag. All you need to do is tell the child the lion has been sedated. What I'm trying to ex express now is that kind of end love, it's, it's, it's rubbishist logic. Now, this is, the, this, this, is, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. If the parent has had a kind of love with a child, the child, logically the child will say, Mom, what do you mean? That house is a lion, not even a dog. No, I can't. But the truth about it is that if the mother has had a kind of love, and the mother tells the child, trust me, child, mm -hmm. the lion has been sedated. Yes. And it will not wake up in the next 48 hours. That's right. So you go and bring the back. Yes. But the truth, logically thinking, if the parent has not been an intentional parent, the child will never, never obliged to go inside the house. <laughs> yes, out of fear. <laughs> and I'm going to relate this to obedience. Yes. There are certain things that our children will not do just because they love us. Yes. They will want to hurt our feelings. So obedience is achieved simply, easily, when there is a kind of love that you have gained from your child, not the natural mother-child bond or father-child bond. Mm -hmm. You can be true intentional parenting. Absolutely. So what, what I'm saying is, is for us to know that there is a way we can prevent a child that even in our absence, the child can still obey us, even in the midst of peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Now, if father to go inside the house and someone will just say, are you a fool? Are you going into the house where there's a lion? The child will tell the person, my mom says the, the lion has been sedated. It's not going to wake up in the next 48 hours. And I trust my mom. Oh, that's the word. Trust. Yes. I trust my mom. She cannot harm me. Oh. She cannot. She cannot ask me to do what will harm me. I trust my mom. Wow. And the trust. Child, so this is said that trust, love, and obedience goes together. Mm -hmm. Trust, love, and obedience they go together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want to achieve, if you want to achieve a lot with your child, there's a way to. I talked about that uh, at length in my forthcoming book, Calmness Over Yelling. Because if you must achieve obedience in your child, mm -hmm. you must earn that kind of love from that child, and it comes with intentionality. Wow. So you you be asked, <laughs> even in the midst of peer pressure, in your absence. That, that kind of relationship we have will not make that child do something that will hurt you and will make that child willingly obey you even in your, even in your absence. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he or she trusts you mm -hmm. and he loves you. Wow. 
gosh, I love I, I love that so much. In fact, we usually have a free webinar called called how to build strong bonds with your teenager based on honesty and trust. Based on honesty and trust. So they actually want to listen to you. So when you talked about that, I was like, wow, I love the way Veronica is explaining this because many parents think that the, the love that you talked about, just because you're my kid, you're going to do this. No. No. no, and especially, especially as they grow older and they become to, to have, they begin to have a mind of their own. They don't just do things because they're your kids. They yeah. do things because they have developed a trust, an honest love, a proactive love for you. Exactly. Not, yeah. not you have fed them, not because you have cleaned their, their bottoms, not because you, you, you house them. No, none of that. But I like the way you said it. It becomes, as they grow older, we have to be more intentional. It's no longer, in fact, I like to say to parents, as I saw my daughter grow, as I have coached other parents with, with older 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 children you move away from you move away from parenting to partnering you move away from from parenting telling them what to do and 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 following them around to partnering how do you work with a partner it's about conversations 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 and and like you said, that trust, faith, faith comes by hearing. So they hear this, they hear this, and they also see you acting out in a way that they completely know you cannot harm them. Because, because you talked about a bag of gold and a lie on internet. Yeah. Right, now tell me, if you've been speaking deaf, to your child, oh, you're not good for anything, you you not amount to anything and all that, you've already put them down and then you tell them to, to go in there and get the, they have no trust in you. They know you want to kill them because what you've been doing is killing them with your words. Mm, exactly, exactly, exactly. Wow. Exactly. So, this, that analogy just blew my mind away and i am so so yeah i'm so so grateful yeah carry on tell us <laughs> okay to buttress what we've been saying so far you know i've seen a family where a child went for just a holiday in another home mm -hmm. and after the holiday the child did not want to come back to his house whoa imagine because this is to say that there is a kind of love that naturally some some children like the parent just because they know their existence solely depends on them accommodation feeding if the truth if the parents are not there their education would have issues that mm -hmm. is why that is the base for the love but mm -hmm. if they can get all that somewhere else they don't mind shifting base mm -hmm. that kind of love from your child 
irrespective of the status, the, 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 the status of another family, the child wants to remain with you. So this is to say that there's a natural love that would not lack or enable some, some, some concept. But this end love through intentionality will place, will position you in a way where the child will be willing to be with you, to see anything with you, to discuss any depth with you. Wow. And the truth about it is that most acts of, many, many of the hearts that children exhibit are hearts of emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anger, frustration, fear. Every act of disobedience from a child Mm-hmm. It's actually from a form of emotion. And that yeah. is the root cause. It is the root cause that we should consider, we should address, mm-hmm. not uh, having a fire brigade approach. Many times the beating and yelling, and yelling is a fire brigade approach. You just want to correct instantly. <laughs> you no, know, it should be a process. It should, that is where we get it wrong. It should be a process. I like not, what you say, the, the fire brigade approach. You know, you, 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 the fire brigade approach where you're coming to calm the fire, right? You're, you're, you're shooting, you're, you're shooting down the fire, you're, you're, you're bringing down the fire with, 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 with the fire down immediately. Yes. But I like what you're saying is what if we can go deeper and make sure that this fire is no longer coming out. It's no longer spewing. It's no longer, yeah, it's, it's not. It, so I, I want you to tell us how is it that parents, because truth be told, most of us, even, even those of us that know that, sometimes we resort to such, <laughs> we resort to such, such, I mean, I can tell you, I, I, I can tell you my, for myself that even in my role as an adolescent psychologist and a parenting teenager expert, there are times my daughter has said to me, oh, mom, you're, you're the one that says to parents not to shout. What are you doing? And, and I, have to, I have to put my hands together and say, I'm sorry, no justification not trying to minimize, just I am sorry, I overstepped the mark. And you just gave the best example as a mother, as a parent, doing that. Many parents would not admit, which is wrong. <laughs> you just laid a good foundation, admitting. That means you're telling the child when you, which to her is woman, when you do something that is wrong, admit. Don't push blames, don't just accept. Accept and correct. Okay. And that is another because I used to say every opportunity, every everything that happens, every act of disobedience, every issue is an opportunity to instill value. Absolutely. People will just present an opportunity for you. Instead of yelling and beating, we should seize the opportunity to instill something to teach. And teaching is a process. Absolutely. And 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 teaching what we know, you and I know that the first law of, 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 of learning is reputation. So the truth is, don't think, oh, because you've, you've introduced this, your kid is going to learn the first time. Some may learn the first time, others the second time, others the third time, others the thousand time. And that's why yes. parenting, 
it's a patient game. It is a patient game. First of all, you heard me say it's a game, right? And mm. a game, a game has rules, yeah? Yeah. But even with rules, we don't want you to take yourself so seriously that then you become a slave to those rules. But then at the same time, it also has to be patient. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon because we are guiding other people. And, and, the, and the truth be told, people, young people will listen, you know, like, like they, there is a saying that says that you, you, your actions speak so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. Your actions, you know, that's what our children are telling us. Your actions speak so loud, we don't hear what they do more than what they Absolutely. So let's be models more than yellers. You know, I, you talked about yelling, you know, yelling and telling. No, yelling and telling doesn't work. What's going to work is modeling. It's mentoring, it's motivating, yes. and, and, and that's what's going to yes. work. So I want you to tell us, Veronica, have you got any sort of, you know, why, why, why is it that you began to do the work that you do? Is it something that, that, that was ingrown from when you were growing up, or is it because when you were, when you were a young person, you felt I mean, I, I often give an example of myself. The reason I'm so passionate about working with young people and also now working with parents is because when I was a young person, I felt minimized. I felt unheard. I felt unlistened. The very things I wanted to say. And I knew I, I, I wanted to express myself, but I was really constrained. So... The moment I got a mentor, and, and I always say a mentor changed my life because they made me become a person who would be able to express myself, a person who would be able to dream. And because I began to achieve my dreams because of this, this the processes that my mentor showed me, I thought, oh my God, I want to show all the, oh, I want to show all the kids that they can do this. So do you have an example either of how you grew up or what is it that made you want to do the work that you do? Thank you. Uh, really, growing up, I've always known I have passion for teenage, the teenage age, the teenagers, preteens, children, young adults. I've always known that. This is something that, you know, when I was examining my skills, my personal skills, I figured speaking to teens is something I can do effortlessly. Wow. It's something that I can, I can do freely. It's something I'm always passionate about. Mm -hmm. Something I'm always passionate about. And something I was raised by my dad and I lost him at a very early age. I was just 13. So you can imagine having to figure out so many things in life all by your own. It got to a point I was coiling back into my shell. I, I couldn't express myself. I was, I, let me put it, 
I was actually battling with low self-esteem. Oh. That was where I figured um, that is a key stage of a child's life that parents <laughs> must be available. Children need validation. And I always mm -hmm. say the parents should be the first cheerleaders for their children. Absolutely. It helps a lot. Absolutely. Amazingly, with confidence, publicly. When they've gotten that affirmation from their parents, mm -hmm. the parents have, have shown them and made them believe that they have values. Yes. They, are, they become confident about it. So mm -hmm. that was what I thought was missing in my life then. I, I was just figuring things out by myself. I was mm -hmm. not sure of myself. I was mm -hmm. not sure of what I'm able to do. So it, 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 it made me recoil. It made me, uh, I couldn't express myself more. I mm -hmm. had to battle with that for so many years until I was able to figure it out by myself. So I figured this is what parents, and the truth about it, just by the fact that I was not with a the parent, there are some children that are being housed by their parents and still going through the same process, the same low self-esteem for some reason, for one reason or the other. So that Absolutely. is why I asked, like, something I must. Wow. Actually, when you say that, when you say that, I know, I know some parents say, oh, my 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 house doesn't have that problem because I, I have two parents, we are there and everything. One of the most fascinating facts, and it's quite a scary fact actually, is that in research we are finding that 40% of teenagers they're telling us they are lonely. And these are not orphans. These are not kids from, from single family. These are kids with both parents. So I want you, and, and that's why I say to parents, none of us is invincible. When it comes to, to the brain changes and the body changes of our teenagers, none of us is invincible, including myself. There was a time I found myself and my daughter, we were not seeing eye to eye. Why? We were just not connecting. Yeah. And that's a story for another day. But it was so, so scary for me because I know when when young people are disconnected from especially their family, they become extremely, extremely vulnerable to sexual exploitation, drugs exploitation, crime exploitation, and also mental health problems. So what you're talking about, Maronica, that's that feeling I, I i'm not enough i don't love myself also it's a stage that all teenagers go through in psychology we call it the psychosocial stage of teenage years right and and all of us go through that stage and and listen guys if your teenager if the kid is unable to navigate that stage, that developmental stage from about eight years, which lasts from about eight years to about 25 years. It's a long time, right? They are likely to go into their adulthood with low self-esteem, mental health problems, you know, all, all those negative outcomes. Right, and and that's why this this what you're talking about being able to navigate this successfully is a very very important thing, and and I like the way you say, Veronica, that parents 
need to be intentional. This, this, this is about us parenting by design. We cannot just let it or, or affect them of, of, of housing them. They should be doing okay in school. This is about proactively, proactively yeah. connecting with our young people, right? So how how did you how did you come out of that of that stage and then get back to a point where you found yourself, you became a confident uh, young woman, and then you began to do this work. I'd like to hear that, and I'm sure our audiences would love to hear that. Thank you very much. The truth about life is that there is always difference in everybody's path. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what happened growing up, the truth about my journey, it was a self, it was a self journey. Mm -hmm, I embarked mm -hmm. on a on a self mission mm -hmm. to, to discover myself. Mm -hmm. And this is what we should know. We should we should try not to compare. Many mm -hmm. times I try to tell parents now to understand that conceiving a child, even when you have more than three children, you know the conception are different. And the truth about to table just on their own. Some, mm -hmm. some, some pregnancy would need to be induced and some will not even be able to give what naturally they have. It has to be a section. This is to tell us that for every child, they have their uniqueness and mm -hmm. it starts from the conception. And another thing I tell parents is that sometimes you need to bring a child to the world through a section, through an oppression. Mm -hmm. Some children come naturally. And this is to tell you that there are some methods that work for a child and another will not work. And that same method will not work for another child. That's well, right. I used to tell people that what I passed through, what I passed through, some, some might not be able to get out by themselves. Mm -hmm. But some might get out by themselves. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be okay. When Ike came out of, from this situation by herself on a self journey, I should be able, or that child should be able, some children might need help. That is why some, some delivery will need the help of an expert to come out, for the child to come out. And why some mothers will just be in the bedroom and the child will come out by, by, by him or herself. That's right. This is to tell you that my process might be different from another person's process. Mm -hmm. But this is the thumb rule. Every child, every, every parent, should with your opportunity once your opportunity to have this 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 child mm -hmm. you should know that you have them for a reason and i used to say as as marriage as we we, we, we say that marriage we pray for a blissful marriage parenting should be blissful too this is uh, what we should want parenting to be blissful absolutely just like marriage absolutely just I like marriage I love what you're saying. It, it needs to be intentional. It needs to be intentional because if we are not intentional, what's going to happen is the easiest way to go is downhill, right? The easiest way in life, in this life that we live, it's a gravity, it's a gravity life. It's downhill. Absolutely. If you need to grow, you must go. Grow, it means going up. And in fact, I like I like what one I listened to a lady not long ago, and she said, even for us who are believers, right? Those who of us who are believers, she said that 
that two-thirds of God's name is gold. Gold. You know God? It means gold. So you cannot just sit and do nothing and expect success. You have to go. You have to grow, right? And that's what we're doing here. And, and I know you, Maranika, and I, the work that we do is we are we are trying to build villages. You know, ages ago, people used to live in villages and, and there was this accepted thing that it takes a village to raise a kid. We no longer live in, in those villages, but he who is listening here, me coming together with Maronica, with another guest, with you guys who are listening, all of these intentional parents who are in this community, especially at Raising Remarkable Teenagers, we are a village of supportive, a supportive community where we come in here, we share our challenges, not so that we can moan and groan and cry and but we come here so that we can share our challenges and then ask ourselves, what next? What next? And that's what intentional parents do. We come with a challenge. We don't pretend it's not happening. Being intentional doesn't mean, oh, you hide that everything, no. nothing is happening in my family. Everything is no. That's not it. No, no, no. I, I want no. you. I want you to explore that because I can see it's coming for you as well. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Like you said, buttress in what you said. The truth. Let me take the the, the marriage for instance. You know, mm -hmm. it's it, to, to have a peaceful marriage. It needs effort. <laughs> you have to bond. Have to go go have together. Convert. Communicate. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what we should do with the children. Yes. Have to be a complete communication with the children to have a blissful parenting. And this is it. You know, when a child, when, like you said, this connection exposes children to a lot, to a lot of things. And mm -hmm. the truth about it is that, like you said also, every family has its challenges and the uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And our challenges sometimes are unique to each other. Mm -hmm. But there is always a rule that can stop all of it. So being intentional, being, being purposeful does not mean you will not have challenge, does not mean your child or children will beat those hearts. But being in intentional is to know that there's a method and there's a process. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I used to say something, I used to have those quotes. You know what I say? It's not yin and be. You know what I say? The, the, the fear of beating is the beginning of dormancy, of bad habits in children, mm. only for it to resurrect when the child can no longer be oh. I would explain. Say that when again. Say that again. Okay, I'll say it again. The fear, the fear of beating mm -hmm. is the beginning of dormancy, of bad habits in a child. That's right. Only for that habit to resurrect. The habit to resurrect when that child can no longer be beaten again at a oh. certain age. When you know you're a good you you beat a lot, there's a certain age you will not be able to beat that child again. And those habits such as it will resurrect. Mm. Mm. In truth, in truth, in truth, 
the, the beating has had no, no, it cannot have a permanent effect on the child. Mm-hmm. So, the, okay, take for instance, I tell, there was a parent that, 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 that's why I said, even being intentional does not mean your child will not exhibit some traits. Line, there, there are some skills that come naturally to children as coping skills, yes. but they need to be taught and trained how to come out of it. Mm-hmm. Line comes naturally to people. Mm-hmm. They want to, they want they like you because you want to avoid punishment. That's you want right. To your face. That's and, right. and, and by the way, I, I just want, it's good you brought that, that thing about lying. You know, yeah. some parents are so strict about lying, right? That, and, and first of all, like you said, lying, it's a protective mechanism for all of us because we want to, to avoid shame. We want to avoid taking responsibility and we want to minimize to, to minimize the fact that we, we are actually that bad person that has done that. So I always say to parents, and, and I have done this with my, my child as well, because she's lied many times. She doesn't lie much now because she knows she doesn't have to. She's not afraid of, of telling yes, of telling. She's no longer afraid of, of her mistakes, right? She, she knows that here we make mistakes and it's okay. You don't have to hide it, right? But when she used to, when she would lie, I would say to her, remember you are safe to speak your truth. You are safe to speak your truth. And as I encouraged her, to feel safe, to speak her truth, she, she, she does something and, you know, it's an oops, it's a mistake. There are big mistakes sometimes. And because she feels safe, then she can share. She can share that knowing that I'm not going to blame her. I'm not going to shame her. I'm not going to make her feel guilty. And I'm not saying that... And she will have no consequences. I'm not saying that. Yeah, she will have the consequences of what she has done, but she's not dodging the problem. She's not pretending it hasn't happened. She's not lying. She doesn't have to. And and I want you to expound on that lying lying bit because I feel you have a, a powerful point that's about to explode. Okay, thank you very much. Let's take that line, for instance. Though there are some habits, some bad habits that should never be corrected with beating. Bad habits like lying, stealing, some others like that. You know why? When a child lies and you beat, next time when there's an opportunity to lie again, if the child can can actually lie successfully, the child will lie, knowing that you would not find out and he or she would not be beaten. Mm. And in fact, it's obvious that the beating has had no good effect. For a <laughs> child that kills, now a child just stole something and you beat the child for stealing. The truth about this thing is, when next the child wants to steal again, this is common sense, when next the child wants to steal again and he remembers the beating of that day, he probably might, he will just tell his hand, don't take this, it's common sense. But the truth about the situation is that if another opportunity presents itself that the child can steal that thing without you finding out, 
the child yes. will stop because you have not you have not brought you have not processed the child out of that habit of lying. Yes, you, you only you only help them. You have you, you have help you only them learn how not to steal or learn how not to and why, not, so, and why not to do so? That so is when another you know others corrupt. You see, you see some adults now they mm -hmm. exhibit bad habits confidently now because they don't know one will beat them absolutely absolutely and, <laughs> and those kind of adults had probably been on to correct those habits with beating but now that they are grown up they know no one can beat them again they beat those those bad habits confidently because they actually did not learn how to undo those things absolutely. it was only suppressed Absolutely. It was only suppressed and it was punished as well. And there comes a point where you can't punish them. So the fear of that punishment will make them not to do that again in your presence or at that age. So when they grow to a certain age, when they know that they can no longer be beaten, those habits resurrect. Oh my goodness. I love, I love the way you're talking about this. And, and now I can see why you talk about morally upright and responsible. And, and yeah. it's about helping our young people instead of, of um, when they do something that is unacceptable, because they will, they will, they will do things that are not acceptable. Now, instead of punishing them, instead of, of yelling or beating or ostracizing them if we can help them process and unlearn that that bad habit then that is a better way than a permanent solution absolutely and, and 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 you guys know we talk about how the brain acquires habit and if, 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 for example they, they are in the habit of lying and then you help them, feel safe in a way that actually I don't have to lie about this. It is not necessary for me to lie about this. I can talk with my parents about this and I'll feel safe and I will find out another way of getting whatever I want, right? Or for example, it's stealing, right? And, and, I, and I speak to loads of parents about I leave, I've never, I've never had to hide anything from my daughter because I, and I'm not saying she cannot steal. I'm, I, guys, I have not said that she cannot steal. But over the years, I have said to her that I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, right? And sometimes she has conned me a little bit, but I will still say to her, I did expect that because I trust you. And because the bigger message she's hearing from me is that I trust you, she lives up to that expectation. And that's what our children do. We know that our children will live up to the expectation we have for them. So if you're constantly afraid that, that oh, you, you're just a liar. Oh, you, you're just a thief. I, I can't, I can't, you know, 
I have to hide everything. Then we live up to your expectation, right? In fact, there is, it's interesting because there is a, for those of us who are in faith, there is, a, there is a verse in Job that says that the thing I feared most happened to me, right? <laughs> so. Exactly, exactly. So I love that saying that when you say, I trust you, you're actually putting those things in her care. So uh, she's entrusted. And uh, when you're entrusted with something, you want to be responsible. Absolutely. And that's how, and you know, parents ask me, how do you raise a responsible child? And, and, and in no way am I saying that she's completely responsible. I can tell you there's so many times I go into her room and I think a bomb must have exploded because the kind of stuff, you know, the, the, the curtains have not been opened. All, it's nearly the eve, the curtains have not been opened. There is clothes strewed all over the place. And sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's done. So, and that's why I talked about patience. So there is in no way am I trying to say that my kid is, my teeth is perfect. What I'm saying is there are words that build. There are words that we use that build. And with our very own words, we can kill them. So it's up to us. What we choose, again, being intentional means what am I imbuing life in my child with the words of my mouth, with my actions, or am I healing them, right? And for example, when you said about beating, of what use is it inflicting pain or on, a, on a person, another person, so what, what you're teaching them is, if I'm big and bad, I can inflict pain on another person who's, who's not. Okay. Uh, absolutely, right? And these are the kids who then go and become, in fact, what we find is people who have been abused, they end up becoming abusers because first of all, that's the way they know to get power. And it's very unfortunate for us as parents that, that sometimes instead of, of being leaders and what leaders do, leaders influence by the quality of their example. They don't, yeah. they, they don't, they don't yeah. overpower, right? And, and that's, and I, I, what I'm hearing from you Veronica say is um, about especially one of the things that I really got and got very clearly was about the beating that suppresses that makes the behavior dormant up till, exactly. a, time, up till a time when they can look you in the face what are you gonna do right exactly. and when there's nothing you're gonna do that's why we hear young people fighting and beating their own parents. Where did they learn that? When did they learn that? Now that they are big and strong, they can beat you in the exact same way that you beat them. Because, because there's a saying that how you train up a child, how you, how you communicate your, your values, how you talk to them, Determine will determine a lot how they will talk to you when they are grown. It goes a long way. Another thing, another zip we can still 
trash out is that most of all those bad habits, lying, stealing, and all of that, they are bid to, to, to satisfy some gratification. Mm-hmm. So another way to be intentional is teaching a child how to delay gratification. For uh-huh. a child that says, that child is actually, actually stole something that probably should have waited for some other year or some mm-hmm. other time. That stole money to get some things, things that could be bought for him or her later. He, wa- he or she wants to enjoy it now on delayed gratification. Lying mm-hmm. also probably should have done something that shouldn't have been done. He wants to cover up. So mm-hmm. these things always have root causes. And many times, instead of us to address the root cause, we want to just we want to just give it a, a quick approach, a fabricated approach, a, an immediate. I used to say that that teaching or correction is not an immediate. It should be something immediate. You want to correct immediately. You should take it through a process for him to learn. And I tell people that if mentors, role models, can influence their mentees without beating them, why not parents? Uh, if I have a mentor, or I have a role model. You sometimes I thought there was a, there was an instance I made for a parent. I said, okay. She once told me about uh, a place of work and how her boss has influenced her positively. And I said, imagine your boss influencing you pos- without beating you, without enforcing those, those, those values. But you saw it in him and you emulated, you got influenced by him without beating. Said, why can't we influence our children right, positively without beating them? We take to, like you, there's so many things I'll see. I'll see about you and I will love it. Without you enforcing it in me, I will just try to emulate. I want to be like you in certain, in certain areas without you enforcing. We can be small to our children, our parents. They should be close to us enough to be influenced by us. Absolutely. And I love what you said because this is one of the things we talk about a lot here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers about being models. Because make no mistake and and this is one thing i try every parent that comes into this mentoring uh, uh, community i talk about parents being leaders parents being leaders you as a parent are a leader now leaders have to be learners leaders are learners and leaders Powerful leaders influenced by the quality of their examples. It's about modeling. It's about mentoring. It's about motivating our young people. And those are the qualities we must emulate for them so that they can follow us. Uh, (coughs) Sorry. You know, so that they can follow us willingly. Yeah. Really, that's it. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay, like I was saying, you can use the water if there's one with you. Like I was saying, that we get influenced by them without enforcing. That is the point. I know we're supposed to be models to our children, but the truth, why, another truth we must embrace is. The fact that we can be influenced, even as adults, even as adults, we can be influenced by another adult. Oh, yeah. so why can't a child be influenced? 
by, 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 by their parents. So this is why we must know that because I know some of us, some parents still find it difficult to believe that a child can be trained without beating or yelling. <laughs> uh, it is very, very possible. So, but the truth is sometimes the yelling and beating has become a reflex for us, a reflex when our child is yes, it becomes a reflex. We want to just, and I tell parents that the first thing to do it, to becoming intentional is controlling our own emotions. Wow. It is in everybody. We control our own emotions. Most times it's not about the kid. It's about us. Mm-hmm. I analyze, I get some uh, analysis some time ago. I told them, she said, she did the child did this, the child did that. She's going to be, and I, I asked her how her day was. The day was hectic. She was stuck in traffic. She, she missed an appointment. She lost some money. <laughs> so I told her, naturally, you're emotionally down. So for, her, for you to get inside the house and your child does something, <laughs> no matter how trivial, you won't show up. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have a hard book. Why? Because it is about you. It's not about the child. Sometimes oh, why, with the reasons we hear, what we hear about, what we yell about is not about the child. It's about what's going on within us. That's if right. We can, if we can put our emotions on that wrap, it will go a long way in relating with the child. In relating with, and sometimes those, those periods when we, when, we, when, we, when we give those hard balls, we, we, we push the child further away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We do that unintentionally, but that's what happens. We push the child further away and we make the child more aggressive more wow. aggressive mm. I, I so like is- what you said I, I like what you said I don't know if you saw there is a post I, I posted a couple of days ago and it was about self-control okay. and what I said and, and obviously some people agree with it some people don't agree with it and it's okay and uh, there is backing to what I say I just don't throw words out there We've got a lot of research backing a lot of what we say. I said one of the highest form of uh, of self control is being able to relinquish the control of our young people. You know that you have self control when you're not controlling your kid, but instead, what you're doing, you're supporting them to make choices and to choose responsible ways of behaving. That's how you know that you have self-control. When you can trust them, that they're going to take the steps that they need to take, why? Because you're going to support them. You're, you're, you're having those conversations with them, right? Because if you, if you don't trust them, you're going to, to try and micromanage them. And it's in the micromanaging where conflict comes in because no human beings want to be micromanaged. We, we are supposed to be like life. Uh, and, and I said to, to parents, which is very interesting, that, that especially most, of, most, most parents who are believers, oh, they'll say, oh, I want, I want my kid to be, to be God-fearing and, and all that, and I want this, I want this. And then I said to them, are you parenting like God parents us? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a God-fearing woman, especially women, I'm a God-fearing woman and all that. And then, and then I say, God 
has given you freedom to be who you want to be. Free will. Are you doing the same for your kid? Oh, no, I'm, they're my kids, so that I, I have to do. And I said, no, 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 no. I did say they're not your kids. But you're saying you're behaving like the father, right? So how is controlling your kid behaving like the father? Oh, I am told to bring them up in the ways that they should go so that they'll never cough. But that has nothing to do with, with punishing them, with beating them up, yeah. with, with, with calling them names, with, with, with killing their spirit. And then I said to them, you are instructed not to exasperate them. But more, many times we are quick to quote some of the, one of the things, especially for people of faith is, is to say about, about spare the rod, spoil the child. And do you know, I can tell you, that's not even a verse in the Bible. That's not a verse in the Bible. That, that's a poem from, from, from I can't remember the writer actually, but it's a very, very old poem from ages ago. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll write it in the comment here, guys. I can't remember the, the poet that wrote. But when you talk about, think about a shepherd and a rod. Did you ever hear a shepherd beat up the, the, the sheep? The rod was actually used to gently guide, gently guide and pull back the sheep towards where the shepherd was. There was nowhere, nowhere that the rod was supposed to smack and kill and inflict pain in that. So, you, you know, sometimes we are ignorant in some of the things that we justify our actions with. So th those are some of the beliefs that we try and break in this session. So, Veronica, as we come to the end of this session, I would like to, I would like okay. to, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yeah, I would like you to give our parents a couple of tips, a couple of tips that, that we can use today, this week, that's going to change us in the direction, you know, that's going to put us in the direction, in the trajectory of being intentional parents. If you can give us two or three tips, that would be amazing. Thank you very much. The first thing I would like us to know is that as parents that wants to be intentional, you must be ready to learn. Mm -hmm. You must be ready to learn. Because life is progressive. Mm -hmm. Life moves forward, not backward. Mm -hmm. Because I know a couple of parents that want to, they want to stick with the, 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 the narratives they know. They want to say, this is how it has been. This is what has been done. This is how we were raised. But mm -hmm. the truth is, life is moving forward. Mm -hmm. not backward. So I like us to be ready, to be ready to learn. Another thing that we must do is we must create time. Mm -hmm. We must create mm -hmm. bond with the children to communicate mm -hmm. so we can earn that kind of love from them. Mm -hmm. That love that is not like the regular, the natural, the, the, the hand love. It is true bonding that we can 
actually be able to get that kind of love from them. Mm-hmm. And we should relate more. We should relate more with the children. It's still part of bonding. I don't think we must do. We should try to study our own emotions. Mm. Our emotions, our triggers. We should take a journal. If it's possible, we can take a journal of how our, our days goes, what triggers those, those, those explosive emotions in us. It will help us to be able to know how to tame it. Because the truth is, if we cannot work on ourselves successfully, then it's going to be a bit hard to work on the children successfully. Wow. If truly, if truly we want to, we want to be successful in raising the children, we must first be successful in controlling ourselves, in wow. teaching ourselves, in learning and unlearning some things. That is how we know that we are progressing. That is how we know that we are progressing. Wow. Another thing that we should we should do, another thing that we should do is to, to, to be good listeners to them. We should mm-hmm. listen more. And when we listen, like you said, when children are able to express, communicate with you without fear of being judged, but you are one step ahead as a parent. I asked, I, I once asked the mother if 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 a daughter can actually walk up to her. And, and tell her that mom, I, I, I was kissed accidentally today. It happens. I, I, I know of it, like, like myself, I told, I told her, I said, the, my first kiss was accidental. Well, right? Because I was just standing and a friend of mine just came from behind, turned my head. I was able to withdraw in seconds and it left. I was just looking like a log of, I was, I was, I was speechless because it was so sudden. Mm. And some they were forcefully kissed. That kind of situation, can a child confidently get home and tell you, mom, this is what happened today? Many times the child will never be able to, to, to discuss that with you. Absolutely. But there's a way you can position yourself. There's a way you can position yourself as an intentional parent that your child will freely discuss anything. That happens. When your child will freely discuss anything with you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big one. Wow. And you know, know, I like what you said because it connects. I'm going to go through the four tips that you've given us, but I'm going to talk about that particular one, the one that you've talked about. If a child knows that they can speak to you about anything, for example, what happened to you literally is sexual assault, right? That is a sexual assault. And how many, do you know how many kids I meet that have been sexually assaulted and they haven't told their parents how many kids I meet and they're going, they're talking about going to have an abortion and their parents don't know, you know, and, and you know, or, or a kid has, has a, a boy has done something to another and none of them talks and, and we are seeing this and we can't tell the parents because we don't have consent from the kids, especially the teenagers. So there's so much, it's so, so important, parents, that that we keep close to our kids so that they can tell us these things. Because when they don't talk about that, especially stuff like sexual assault, it really affects our young people's mind because they begin to feel dirty. They feel disgusted about themselves. They feel used, they feel abused. And if they can't share that kind of information with you because for whatever reason, because there's no connection, 
then guys, we, 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 we can do better. We can do better. And this session was about us as really opening this conversation so that we know we're not here to blame you or shame you or make you feel guilty or even to present ourselves as perfect. We are here to have conversations for change. And I like what you said, uh, Maranika, about the four tips that you'd like parents to practice today. What I say is, over here at Raising Remarkable teen Teenagers, we, we not only hear the information, I always encourage you guys to take action on the information so we can get transformation. And Maranika shared about learning. Be willing to learn. Honestly, listen and re-listen to this session again. If you need to write down the tips that, you, that we've discussed, write them down and then make sure you actually put them to action. And then you talked about creating time, creating time with our young people. I know it's very easy to say I'm so busy and all that, but we've got to be intentional in spending time with our kids in the way they want us to spend time with them, not the way we choose for them. And then you also talked about um, uh, studying our own emotions. How many times do you as, an, as, an, as a parent, an intentional parent, take time to evaluate yourself, to evaluate yourself, to evaluate yourself? How am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing in kindness? How am I doing in loving? How am I doing with my words? And then you also talked about being a listener. And this is the one that we extrapolated on and we talked about can your kid trust you with very deep and sometimes dangerous information for them? So guys, I am so, so excited. And Maronica, you shared with us some exciting, exciting stuff here. I want you to tell us where can people actually find you? Where can our audience find you? Oh, you're frozen. Where, where can our audience find you, Maronica? Yeah, okay. You can say that again. All right, you're back, good. Where, where, where can our audience find you? Where, where I know we talked about you, your company is Purposeful Formation Parents, but where can that, where, where can they find you on LinkedIn or okay. can connect. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Messenger and in that community also. Oh, brilliant. So what I'm going to do, everyone, I'm going to put Maronica's uh, uh, contacts at the bottom of this uh, of this video as well as at the bottom of the podcast and she's going to be there and you can find her at purposeful formation parents and for today i am so so delighted to have you and thank you so much for sharing your heart out and from all of us here at raising remarkable teenagers we thank you thank you so much and i want you to think about taking action on the information that you've learned today so that you can get your transformation. And 
from both of us, Veronica and I. Bye-bye for now, and we will see you in our next Tuesday Tips for Parents of Teens here at Raising Remarks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.